Köszöntök benneteket. I greet you in my, from my heart and with love Christ, in Christ. Három évvel ezelőtt voltunk itt, de azóta se tudok jobban angolul. We have been here three years ago, but my English not better than that time. Sorry. Majd a mennyben angolul fogok beszélni talán. Maybe in heaven I, will, I can speak in English. És akkor megértjük egymást. And we will understand each other. Emlékszem a három évvel ezelőtti itt létünkre. I have remember very well we being here three years ago. Nagyon jól éreztem magam. I have feel myself very much, very good here in your church. Ja, a pastor wife-al, vagyis a lelki pastor feleségével tudtam többet beszélgetni az Isten tisztelet után. That time I could speak more with the pastor's wife after the meetings. Meg egy presbiter feleségével. And the other lady who was a wife in a presbyter here, some. Nagyon örülök, hogy Bekit megismertük közelebbről. I am, I am very happy that we have known Becky. Így egy kicsit belepillanthatott jobban a mi gyülekezetünkben, a mi szolgálatunkban. So she can, she can have look inside in our service in Hungary and in our church. Amikor itt voltunk, akkor még nem voltunk gyülekezetben. When we have been here three years ago, we have no church that time. És most egy kis gyülekezetben szolgálunk. But now we are serving the Lord as a pastors couple in a little church, little Hungarian Baptist church. Soha nem gondoltam volna, hogy Isten egy kis gyülekezetbe hív. I have never imagined that sometimes God invited us and calling us to this little church, this kind of little church to serve him. Mindig nagy gyülekezetekben voltunk. Every time our pastors serving life, we have larger churches. Mikor innen hazamentünk, az a gyülekezet, ahova kiártunk. When we came back that time from here, three years ago, that little church where I was that, that time in interim pastor. Meghívott bennünket, hogy menjünk oda, mint pásztorházaspár. They invited us to come there and to be their pastor. Hát körülbelül pár hónapig erre gondolni nem is gondoltunk. But we were thinking a lot of time, maybe three months, we thinking and struggling what would be our real good answer this invitation. De ahogy vasárnapról vasárnapra mentünk haza a lakásunkba, mindig azt éreztük, hogy nagyon jó ott lenni. But in that period, the three months, every Sunday we were there in the church, and I was preaching, and I could teach the children. And when we come back our home every Sunday, the service after the services, we feel that it is so good to be here and so good to serve these people and this church. Thirty-six tagú a gyülekezet. The church membership is thirty-six people. Két hete volt bemerítésünk. And two years, two weeks ago, we had a baptism. Két embert. Two new members we have. That's okay. It's very good. It's very good. 
és 70 százaléka 70 éven felüli. But, our, our, uh, but the 70% of our church membership is uh, older than 70. Viszont a faluban van több mint 3000 ember. But, aki nem jár gyülekezetbe. In our village there are 3000 people in our village the population who are not going to the church. Én azt szoktam mondani, hogy csak egy pünköst kell. Generally I say many times my wife said that we need just one more Pentecostal day in our village, you know. És akkor mindenki megtér. And everybody and everybody became a Christian. Yes, amen. Mi Jézus Krisztus szeretnénk képviselni abba a kis faluba. We would like to present Jesus Christ in that little village. Szeretek bejárni a boltokba, beszélgetni. I would like to go into the shops and, and speaking the people there. Elmondják a nők a problémáikat, az eladók. But ladies tells me what about their problem in, in their lives. És így kezdtem el a női munkát a faluban. So that was how I started the works, the ladies mission in the village. A művelődési házban, ezt nem tudom, mm. hogy lehet. In the village hall. Ez az egyik a Pécsvörk. This is one hour part of our mission works there. Van, hogy csak tanítás van. Sometimes just the We are teaching the ladies. Karácsony előtt is készítünk valamit. And we prepare something for Christmas before Christmas meeting. És beszélek a karácsony legfontosabb jelentőségéről. And generally, I testify what is more important about the Christmas. A gyerek munka is egyre bővül. But the children work is more extended extension. Nagyon örültünk, hogy az elemáj ilyen így segített bennünket. We were so happy and so thankful because the LMI team came to our church. Ennek eredménye az lett, hogy tavaly szeptember óta egy család jár a gyülekezetbe. But we have got some results because a new family came to our church since last September. Tavasz óta még egy család. And since the spring, another family came to our church. És egy másik ott a gyerekek járnak még most szeptember óta. And and the other family, from that family, just the childrens came to our church, but it is very good. Mikor vége lett a tábornak, én megkérdeztem a nevelő anyukát, hogy járnak-e valahova gyülekezetbe. And when this summer camp ended, I asked the mother, who is a stepmother, because they, they're not real children, they adopted these three children, their family, and I asked the mother, if you come any church Sundays? Azt mondták, hogy nem. And she answered, no, we are not going to the church. És akkor én meghívtam, hogy jöjjenek akkor a gyülekezetbe. So I invited her, you should come to our church and with your children. És azóta a kis fiúk járnak a gyülekezetbe. 
And uh, since, that, uh, since, since that, the three little boys came our Sunday school every Sunday morning. Három hete volt uh, egy uh, háladó napunk. And uh, three Sundays before we had a, a spe special Sunday. We thought thing we know we says that this Sunday is a, a Thanksgiving day, a Thanksgiving Sunday. Három gyermek van, aki baptista szülők gyermeke. In our church we have just three uh, young children who are our Sunday school originally. És uh, ezen az ünnepélyen pedig 25-en voltak. But that Sunday afternoon service we had uh, 25 children in our service. Sokat énekeltünk a gyülekezet tagjainak. We sang a lot of singing together to the church in that service. És így a gyülekezet láthatta, hogy van értelme a gyermekmunkának. So our church recognized that it is a very good work and God help us and God bless us in our working, our working in the among the children. A testvéreket mindig buzdítani kell, hogy bízzanak abban, hogy lesznek megtérések, és a gyülekezet növekedni fog. Every time should to tell our people that no, you encourage because God works among us and our church will grow and more growing. Ez a gyülekezet volt száztagú is. That church of the former history because now our church is older than 100 years. So the former time there was a membership more than 100-150 was the largest membership that church. De nagyon sok egyetemet végzett ember van közöttük, akik elmentek, mert kisfaluban nem tudnak elhelyezkedni. De a három ezer között vannak sokan még, akik jöhetnek az úrhoz. But I can say again that in the among the 3000 people in our village there are many of them who should come to the lord és ezért imádkozunk és teszünk mindent és kérünk benneteket is hogy imádkozzatok érte so this is why we are praying a lot of and a lot of praying and a lot of doing that god bless us and make growing in our church testvére is emlékszem i remember you last time you were Emlékszem rá, hogy ő is itt volt a dicséretnél és a feleségeinél. So I I have remembered as well the three years ago when we are here and that time maybe you remember that there was a real hard struggling in my heart and in we thinking if God wants us to come back Australia and to be there a pastor next few years or next part of our life or God wants us 
to stay in Hungary and to working there. And when we uh, go back to Hungary from Northern Ireland, so before we leave Northern Ireland, we have a lot of uh, talking with Yvonne and Thomas, the leaders of the, the LMI, you know, and, uh, and they offered us to be uh, coordinator of LMI in Hungary and the Central and Eastern Europe. And, when, and these two things uh, goes together that uh, when we made a decision that we received uh, that uh, Little Church invitation to be the pastor and as well we received that uh, we want to working together with LMI. And so uh, these three years uh, we had uh, a lot of blessing, a lot of uh, uh, good experiences among the children, mostly among the children, uh, works with LMI. And we prepare next, for next year more children camps. Uh, as well, we prepare two children camps in Serbia and one in Hungary, in our church, in Orgovány, because this year was so, so beautiful and so wonderful event because that LMI team, sorry, the Becky was not including that, that team, were work with us in Orgovány, in our church, but uh, that was nine, nine people from the Dandenalds church, Presbyterian Church, and so it was uh, wonderful. Uh, week and we want to organize again next year 2014 and uh, I just uh, I would like just uh, say you something about uh, one uh, I want to read the Bible passage uh, which uh, one quotation that uh, Bible passage that was the text in that pastor who was preaching when I became converted, when I, be, I received Christ. And that is so memorable to me, that passage from Gospel of John. But, but I would like to read the other first. So I read the Second Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 1 and 2. Uh, when then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he says, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And the other, what was our... Converted night, the Bible passage, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. It, it, Jesus said this, John, Gospel of John, chapter 5, 24 and 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he has hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, 
when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. So it's so powerful message. So that, that night was, that happened in me, that in a second I heard the voice of the Son of God in my heart, and I uh, repent, and I, and since, since then I have known that I have eternal life, and I have known this, uh, what this passage says, that uh, the, the dead man, the dead, can hear the voice of the Son of God. You know, that was literally happened when Jesus stand in front of the Lazarus tomb, and then Jesus crowd a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out. So, and now I know, and you, maybe you know the other verse, uh, when, uh, when, when we understand spiritually more, the Ephesian uh, chapter 5 and verse 14, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, this is a very important Bible verses to me. And just one other, uh, because, uh, because I am a pastor and I, am, and I preach the gospel, uh, as you heard, uh, for uh, 35 years. And that, this is because I know that who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The all has passed. But the old has passed away, and the new has gone. So this is why I preach the gospel. This is why you are preaching the gospel and serving our precious Lord. God bless you. Amen. Do I need this or can I do without it? I need it. Terrible. Okay, well, I'll just read you a few verses uh, from Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel and chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And at the end of the, uh, of the chapter... Uh, we read there in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Just those verses and we'll pray together. Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for the songs that we've been singing, reminding us of your greatness and your majesty and your might and your power and dominion, that all power belongs to you. We thank you for what you're doing in the world and Hungary and Serbia and Romania and these places. 
And Lord, here we are in our little corner and we pray now that you will speak words to us that we might hear, that our lives might be changed, that we might be motivated as the people of God to be part of this great harvest. Lord, we're listening to hear your word, not a speaker, but the word of God into our hearts and lives. We pray in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> Does harvest matter? Well, not unless you're a farmer or a market gardener. You know, at one, pe at one time people grew their own, but now we can buy it fresh, we can buy it frozen, we can buy it tinned, we can buy it dried. So harvest doesn't really matter to us. Only if we ate something and we didn't know what it was. But I think that's all passed by now, hasn't it? Then we complain bitterly about price increase. But harvest is important. The people that Jesus talked to, harvest was vital. I can remember when we were in Burkina Faso and every time the farmer hit the ground, the, the, the wind blew it away in dust. Great need. Jesus talked about the ground, he talked about the seed, he talked about the sower. He brought it all together to speak about the harvest of souls. He warned about only seeing a natural harvest, important as that is. He talked about the successful farmer who was able to pull down his barns and build greater ones. But he was a man who neglected his own soul. Perhaps you might be someone here today and you've never really become a Christian. You've never really surrendered or submitted to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 4? He says, I say to you, look again, look now. Don't say there's four months because now is the harvest. He said about lifting up his eyes, lifting up their eyes to the disciples. Now, what Jesus is speaking here about we can see here three things, or perhaps four, but three in particular we see here in these verses that we have read. First of all, vision. Vision. Jesus looked out and he had compassion. And then thirdly, there is intercession. Those three are vitally linked together. And if we break the link then we render the process ineffective. First of all, vision. Verse 36, it said, he saw the multitude. What do we really see as the people of God? If you were to go to Mark's gospel, Jesus healed a man. And he asked the man, he says, what do you actually see? And he said, I see people, men, as trees walking. And I can't help but think today, as the people of God, isn't it so easy, as we walk out the door today, what do we see? Trees walking, or do we see precious souls tramping the road to hell? Not a very popular word today. We like to, you know, just take a little bit of the, uh, of the reality of that away and perhaps call it a lost eternity. But vision... Vision is so important. Proverbs 29, 18 says that without vision, the people 
perish. That's a verse to do with God's people, without vision. As God's people, we need vision. We need to see people as hell-bound. But you know, we need another vision. Isaiah was a man who looked up. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Isaiah was a man who looked in. He saw himself in his own hopelessness. And he looked out. You know, I often read that passage and think to myself, here's Isaiah, he's listening to this voice. Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Silence, silence, silence. And I think it just come out of him. Here am I, here am I, making himself available to God. I ask you this morning, as a child of God, somebody who has been redeemed, washed in the precious blood of Jesus on your way to heaven, have you ever at a time in your life said, here am I, making ourselves available to God. You know, I think Isaiah was a man, he said, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I think Isaiah was just talking the, the language of the people around him. Isn't it so easy to get sucked into the weather? That's the one we talk best about. You can never understand it. But you know, it's either to this or it's to that or it's something else. It just rolls out of us. And yet as the people of God, people say to me, oh, you know, it's so hard, it's so difficult. The woman at the well, she was filled. She came out of the presence of the Lord and she just had to go and tell it. Naturally, it wasn't something that, that you had to somehow work up and get out some wee dog-eared leaflet that you'd carried about for six months and never given it away. Vision. Do you know what it says here? It says compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. You see, compassion comes from vision. Don't know if you've ever heard of a man called William Carey. William Carey, a great pioneer, missionary, mighty man of God. Uh, he was uh, moved uh, in that sense by reading the journals of uh, Captain Cook. And he went back to his little evangelical church and he stood up as a young man enthusiastic for God and he asked a question. The question was this, what are we going to do about the lost? Hey, isn't that some question? That matters to you and to me today. What am I going to do about the lost? Do they matter to us? Do you know what that little group of evangelical uh, people, they, they looked at each other and I think they didn't know how to cope with it. And the only way they could cope with it was say, young man, sit down. Folks, this is an embarrassing thing. This is a mighty thing. This is something that affects the world in which we live. The necessity, the necessity to have vision, the necessity to have compassion. Well, the amazing thing is, you know, that uh, uh, the church actually got together. They, they, they supported him and sent him out with the glorious gospel. But you know, folks, sometimes... We need to ask ourselves the question, when was the last time we were moved? Jesus was moved with compassion. 
we can have our times together. We can come in here and, 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 and have our little uh, meetings together and go out into the world and leave it all behind until the midweek or whatever. And then we all come back together again. But you know, there are souls all around us for whom Jesus died. I wonder, would you pray the prayer? Lead me to some soul today. Teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin, cannot find their way. This is vision, and this is compassion. I'm just uh, uh, jumping through this, really, for the, because of, of time. But, you know, thirdly here we see intercession. Intercession. Jesus says, pray ye therefore. Do we come to a prayer meeting? I think I could t nearly almost guarantee that any church I've ever been in, the smallest meeting's always been a prayer meeting. I know any amount of Christian people have never been in a prayer meeting. They're, oh, no, we couldn't pray. We don't pray. Do you know one of the great marks of people who found and had an encounter with God? What did it say about the Apostle Paul? Do you know what it says? The hallmark, the reality of this man was that, behold, he prays. And I think when people get saved, they pray. Anybody say amen? amen? Do we prepare our hearts to come to the service? Did we pray before we come here? Or did we roll out of bed and dash here? Well, if you had to do that, that's okay. But better than not coming at all. But you know, folks, even to go to a prayer meeting, I find to go to a prayer meeting is good to, to pray and prepare your own heart. Here is intercession. Praying will get us involved. It was the praying disciples who Jesus sent into the harvest. You see, he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. I remember the man that I knew well. He was South African. He was a, a, a leader of the Bible College in Edinburgh. And I can remember him tell the story. He said that he went to a prayer meeting once. And he said that he prayed that God would send people out into the harvest. And he said afterwards, he says, there was this big South African man came along and he said he slapped him on the back and he started to laugh at him. And, and uh, he got all embarrassed and he thought he'd said something wrong. And, and he said to him, he said, did I say something wrong? He says, no, but you'll have to answer your own prayer. Folks, you know, we can pray our heads off. But sometimes we just got to get up and go out and answer our own prayer. Now, I'm sure you, you, many of you know all these scriptures that God uh, teaches us and, 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 and uh, from his word about the importance of prayer. You know, the, the, the New Testament church was a church that prayed. We will continue in the apostles' doctrine and so on. But they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. There's something about praying, isn't there? Not my praying. It's the God who answers prayer. And you see, whenever we pray, folks, what we are really saying is, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. And I've learned in 43 years as a Christian that I will not survive a day on my own. You dare not go out the door without committing your life to the Lord, without having on the whole armor of God and seeking to stand for him. Three wee things here I've jotted down here. Praying brings a confidence in God. And in the gospel. Because you know something, folks? The gospel works. The gospel works. If you want to know where the power of God is, it's in the gospel. It's in the gospel. 
and it works. And every time I talk to someone, I'm saying in my heart, you know, if you believe this, you'll prove the reality of God. I was just looking at that globe down there at the back. I was in a shop yesterday, and, and uh, it looked so nice, and I was rolling it over and looking at it. And a lady came along. She said to me, she said, are, are you looking at where you've been or where you're going? And uh, I started to talk to her, and you know, it opened up into a terrific conversation. A lady told me that she's reading Christian books, seeking to find the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. Folks, we could talk about the weather, we could talk about this, we could talk about that, but you know, the woman at the well, she was fresh from the presence of Jesus, which I can have in my heart and life every day, and take this message out into a world without God and without hope that is going to hell. It's praying brings a confidence, praying brings a concern. We should be concerned that souls are going to hell, and then thirdly, praying brings a compulsion. Remember how Paul says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Now we don't need a pulpit. We can just get alongside people and talk to people and tell them the good news of the gospel. We go down to the south of Ireland quite a bit. I was down to the plowing championships there. And you know, it's absolutely amazing the openness that there is amongst people who have never heard, who don't know the gospel. And I talked literally to well, I could say hundreds, but I, I talk to people continually from the, the from nine o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the evening when it, when it closed, and I never once heard a person say, "I'm trusting Jesus as my savior." It was all this: I'm trusting the church. I'm doing the best I can. I don't do anybody any harm, and you could tick the same boxes again and again and again. What a great need there is. Friends, if you're nothing to pray for, pray that God will dispel the darkness and the superstition and the deadness and the deceit that there is in Ireland. In Northern Ireland, the 1859 revival, we're told that 100,000 souls profess salvation. Could it be? Nothing for God to move mightily in the south of Ireland and pray for revival. And you know, whenever you pray for revival, you know that wee song that we sometimes sing, Lord, send us revival. Do you know that song? Not too sure of it. Let it begin now in... Ah, you do know it. You do know it. Campbell Morgan, great expositor of the Word of God, and F.B. Meyer went to Wales... In the 1904 revival, they were sent to find out about what was happening in Wales. And they got off the train and they didn't know where to go and they saw a policeman. And they went down to the policeman and they said, excuse me, can you tell me where the revival is? And this big policeman with a smile on his face said, right here, right here. Friends, I tell you, I pray and I'm not here to talk about myself. I pray, Lord, don't let me dry up. Don't let me become mechanical. Do you know what it's like, don't you? You see, we can't, we can't survive in yesterday's blessings. It's got to be today. Well, time's gone. Time's gone. That's a potted version. But anyhow, just those little points. Vision. What do we see? Ask God to give you a vision of himself. I believe we need to see God first of all. See what God's doing. See what God's at. There's a man 
in the Old Testament called Lot. He lifted up his eyes, and you know it destroyed him. Do you know you can be just taken right out of the purpose of God when you start looking after the wrong things? Lot, he saw a personal advantage. He wasn't looking for God. We need to see God and all his majesty and power and see God that he's actually calling us. We serve God through weakness, not through professionalism, not through cleverness. God says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Vision, vision, compassion. Do I care? I'm here today because people cared. I was saved in Cookstown Street 43 years ago at an open air meeting. People who cared. People who prayed. People who said, we wondered if you'd ever be saved. Intercession. And then I suppose we'd have to put in evangelization. Folks, you know, we don't expect people to come in here. We shouldn't expect people to come in here. Jesus didn't say sit in the premises to people come. Oh boy, I tell you, years ago, whenever we were going to Lewis, I met this man, he was a minister, and he was more like an undertaker. He had a big black hat on him and a big black coat down to the ground. He asked me what I was doing. And you know what he said? He says, if God wants to save people, they'll come into the church. Do you know that wasn't what Jesus said, was it? I was that scared of him, I didn't say anything. Here, I'm finished. Just want to ask you a little question. Okay, you ready for this one? Is a faithful sower more important than a successful reaper? Do you get it? Is a faithful sower, the man who sows the seed, more important than a successful reaper? Well, without the sower, the reaper would be unemployed. We do it together, folks. One man plants, another waters. But God, God, we need to keep our eyes on God. And we need to trust God. When we sow this seed, we trust God that God will bring a harvest because he is going to have a people for himself. There we are. I'm finished. May God bless you and encourage you. May God help you. Listen, ask God to give you somebody to talk to. And if you're scared to talk to them, that'll make you pray. <laughs> These microphones and pieces of paper and stuff. What a great God we have. What a great God we have. Praise the Lord. Okay. That was a good word. You enjoy that? Amen. Okay. There you go. I know I've told you this before, but Bob McAllister is coming home from a, you know Bob, Bob, coming home from a meeting one night very, very late, and the police stopped him. The policeman said to him, where are you going? He says, I'm going to heaven. Where are you going? <laughs> and for the next 30 minutes, he says, the big policeman was stung with tears in his eyes. Because he talked to him about Jesus. So there's always a way, isn't there? Good. I loved that this morning. That was really good. And this is a great couple too, so they are. It must be difficult to go to another nation and stand and speak in their language 
That must be very difficult, so I admire that. So we have Hungarians, we have Latvians, Canadians, we have Americans, Brazilians, Malaysians. There's a whole group of people from all over the world here this morning, this little church. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, so that is good. What's it going to be like in heaven? Eh? She says maybe we'll speak English in heaven. I don't know if we all speak Hungarian in heaven. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or maybe there'd just be one language. I don't know. Maybe the Lord would give us a special language. So that's wonderful, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Good. Don't forget now, uh, service tonight, 6.30. They want